All right, psychology nerds, and welcome back to Psychology and Stuff, the podcast out of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. I'm Ryan Martin, one of the hosts of Psychology and Stuff, and I'm here as always with my co-host, chair of the UW Green Bay Psychology Program, Dr. Georgina Wilson Dungess. How's it going, G? It is going very well. I am uh, like we're we're getting to the part of winter where it's almost spring, at least in my mind. That's true, although it, it, like factually it is not true, um, but at least like it stays light until 5 p.m., which is like, in my opinion, um, gives me hope that spring will eventually appear. Yeah. So it, it was three degrees this morning when I woke up here in, and I was talking to someone the other day, by the way, who was in California. When I told her the temperature, she said, so is that Fahrenheit? Uh, so- <laughs> So um, it it is rough, but one of the advantages, to your point about spring, one of the advantages of three degrees is that it's too cold really for clouds to form. And it's a nice sunny day here in in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So that feels like a weird to shout out, but hey, we can see this. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you're appreciating the weather. I can't say that I am right now. Absolutely. And it's also February uh, and this episode will drop in February. So uh, like some exciting things, uh, including uh, Black History Month is in February, which is exciting, which kind of is a nice segue uh, to our guests uh, who I'm so excited to have on the show today. Uh, one of the guests is an all-star, so you're going to recognize <laughs> her name um, when Ryan does the intro. So take it away, Ryan. Yeah, so as you said, we have a couple of great, great guests today, one of whom is a regular on the show, what we would affectionately call a psych and stuff all-star. Um, today, she is here to talk about something really special that she's been working on. Uh, You know her as a professor of psychology and women's gender and sexuality studies here at UW-Green Bay. She's been on the show to talk about everything from weight stigma to famous women in the history of psychology. She has a degree in social psychology and teaches courses in research methods, social psych, intro to psych, women's and gender, uh, excuse me, psych of women and gender. Please welcome Dr. Christine Smith. How are you, Chris? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I am enjoying the uh, clear skies. Yes. Yeah. Well, and it's almost negative or it's almost three degrees in the building. You are currently sitting. (laughs) (laughs) And that is Fahrenheit. Yes. (laughs) So it is. uh, I was there all day yesterday. That is a rough building to work in these days. It is very cold. So. Well, and you are joined by another guest uh, who I'm really excited for. First time on the show, she graduated with a major in democracy and justice studies with legal studies, excuse me, an emphasis in legal studies and a minor in political science. She works as the coordinator for the BIPOC RISE program we're going to be talking about today. It's Maya Henderson. How are you, Maya? I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. We are really, really happy to have you here. This is cool. And so I guess... I'm hoping for our listeners, we can start actually really basic and maybe too basic for some of our listeners, but what is BIPOC? Yeah, so BIPOC just stands for Black Indigenous People of Color. And then the BIPOC RISE program stands for um, BIPOC Students Reaching Intersectional Strengths Through Engagement. Outstanding. So let's break down what the program is. Uh, Tell us more about it and when it started, where it came from, all all the good stuff, all the background. 
two years ago, I was working with a group of uh, students on the Psychology of Women of Color course, and we were looking at what keeps students of color in college. So what increases retention rates? And one of the things, one of the students was looking at this and found a mentoring program um, and found, and the research suggests having a mentor increases sense of belongingness and being more likely to stay in college. And so she found a program and it was upper level students of color mentoring first year students of color. And she said, well, wow, you know, I really wish we had something like this when I was here. I think it would have really helped me. And I said, because I'm a professor with huge amounts of free time, I said, let's do that then. And then we did. <laughs> so, <laughs> and maybe Mike can tell you what we did, <laughs> so, what we are. Yeah. So we began right um, when we went online for the pandemic, actually in the spring of 2020. And um we started off as a small group of mentors, really just working to build the program and do a bunch of uh, peer-reviewed research on other programs that were pretty similar in predominantly white institutions um, where schools were struggling to retain students of color. So we did a lot of research and planning. Um, along with that, we also did some program planning where we put together events to help students learn how to better transition into college. So we did some uh, various programming. And then the following semester is when we uh, hit the ground running and actually began mentoring students. So what did you find when you were doing that research, Maya? Um, uh, what did you find were some of the benefits of mentoring programs that you were reading about that were already uh, showing some success? Um, I think the biggest thing was that the programs all seemed to increase retention and not just retention of students of color at predominantly white institutions, but also their sense of belonging. Um, so that's been a huge uh, theme that we continue to circle around um, increasing student sense of belonging to obviously increase their retention and have a successful graduation, but also just to create a uh, sense of community for students who aren't necessarily seeing a lot of people who look like them here. And what does that look like? Like when you, when you say, like you say, I'm mentoring a first year student, what does that entail? And what are some of the cool things that you're doing? Yeah, um, I think a huge part of it is relationship building. And so the mentors and mentees meet with each other once a month in person um, to work on goal setting, to check in on how things are going, um, really having a holistic relationship and um, figuring out what it is the mentee is struggling with or working on, and just making sure that the mentor is uh, supporting them academically, but also you know, with everything that goes into just adjusting to college and um, starting that chapter. So mentors and mentees might, um, the relationship is going to be obviously very different. And so uh, depending on what that looks like, they might go to different events together on campus, um, apart from the meetings and do things like that. It's, I think you said it's the mentoring piece has started relatively recently. How's it going? Mm -hmm. What are, what are you finding so far? Well, I can talk about that. So it actually seems to be going pretty well. Um, <laughs> we collected some data last semester. So we had six mentees last semester. Um, and so we collected data at the beginning of the semester and the end of the semester and also had, um, we had a grad assistant working with us last semester, and she also did interviews with both the mentees and mentors. And uh, the mentees were delighted with the program. It did seem to increase their sense of belonging on campus, their connection um, 
to and their comfort at a predominantly white institution. Um, and so with that, and you know, uh, we only have data on six people. So, um, but it's that very preliminary data and with the interviews, it seems very positive. So we're in the process of recruiting mentees now. And we have five of the six mentees from last semester who are actually gonna be returning. And then we have um, a number of students who've expressed an interest in getting a mentor. So next week is meet and greet for potential mentees and mentors. And how many mentors do you have um, as, and do you project that this program will grow larger or um, what's the, how many, how many students are mentors? We had seven mentors last semester and seven this semester. Um, we also are working by the way with um, Preble High School and they have a diversity uh, leadership program. And so we interact with them. We, we all went yesterday to the, um, the bias inside us at Widener Center. Um, and we may be doing some work with Green Bay Public Schools as well. Um, so right now, we're, we did one-to-one -one mentoring last semester and we, we expect this semester will probably be, excuse me, two students for each mentor. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so yes, we're not only are we growing, but the whole idea of mentoring is um, something that the university as a whole has really been uh, uh, promoting. I talked yesterday, we talked yesterday with Corey King and he said the university is actually going to be starting sort of a university-wide program. And so for example, the school business does a mentoring program as well. So we may have these different kinds of you know, mentoring for students of color, mentoring for business majors, et cetera. So mentoring as a whole is becoming, um, uh, so they're recognizing the importance of mentoring. And so the university is kind of really taking on this idea of developing mentoring relationships. I wonder, Maya, if you could share uh, some, of, some of your experiences as a mentor, um, you know, like before you, you were promoted to your, <laughs> your new role, you did serve as a mentor. What are some of the highlights or the cool things uh, about being a mentor? For me, I think the friendship that came from the mentorship experience uh, was one of the greatest benefits. Um, and even though the meetings weren't uh, too frequent, uh, just once a month during the fall semester, um, it still allowed for a really good amount of time to uh, get to know my mentee and to, you know, just have a lot of ample time to discuss everything that's going on. And so just the uh, the progression of the relationship and the networking that comes from it. Um, so now just from having that one semester of working with that mentee, um, you know, she's now someone who knows me and I know her in the university. And when future events arise or when anything, um, just as she's progressing through college, I'll always be a contact for her. So just, I think the networking that comes out of it. So am I... Oh, I'm sorry. Let's just say we're hoping this is, um, uh, that those who were mentored will eventually become mentors. Right. So I'm curious, Maya, I'm assuming that when you started at UW-Green Bay, this program didn't exist. And so I'm, I'm wondering what what sort of what it was like as a student. I guess, did you have uh, an informal mentor who kind of took on that role? Is that something that you established for yourself? What would it have meant to have a more formal system like this to you? Yeah, I didn't really, well, apart from uh, faculty, uh, certainly, I didn't really have any informal mentors, especially peer related. And so when I heard of BIPOC Rise, it really excited me because I just thought of how um, 
just to have someone to ask questions to and just to kind of have as a support system um, how much I could have benefited from that. So yeah, it, it's really just something that I think everyone could benefit from, even if they're not struggling with things academically um, or anything like that, just to have someone to support during the transition. And again, like going back to the sense of community and not feeling as isolated coming in. I wonder if you could uh, educate me and perhaps some of our listeners uh, about the RISE acronym and um, particularly about the intersectionality piece of that. Why, why are those words important when you, when you chose BIPOC RISE as an acronym? Why are those letters and words important? Well, when we were brainstorming names, um, I can't tell you, we were kind of trying to think of something that was kind of catchy, right? That would, um, that would make sense. And so we ended up, I know at some point, I was working with Hanette Commanda, who's one of the founders, Hanette and I, Hanette student, who's now in grad school, um, and I, um, the ones who really uh, started this initiative. And I just remember reaching, I, I came reaching intersectional strengths through engagement, but it hit on each of the, we want students to be engaged. We want to create strong students, students who feel that they're competent, who can do, you know, reach their goals. And the idea of intersectionality is this of recognizing that we bring multiple identities to any kind of experience. And especially if we're looking at BIPOC students, that the reality of being uh, in the experiences of BIPOC students can be particularly unique. And so we wanted to, um, have that as part of our identity of that we want to have strong engaged students and recognizing that some of their strengths come from being BIPOC in the experiences they have. So. And I know that there's a, a quite a bit of research about strength-based mentoring. Um, and particularly, uh, I think that BIPOC students often when, um, we, we talk about data from BIPOC students. It's uh, largely from a deficit-based um, perspective. And so could you talk a little bit about how important it is to approach this program from a strength-based perspective instead? Sure. Do you want to handle it, Maya, or I can? Either one. Yeah, um, well, like you touched on, uh, strengths-based mentoring um, pushes back against the deficit-based models that focus on what students are uh, lacking or um, the opportunities they missed out on. So strength-based mentoring focuses on what has allowed them to make it to higher education um, and focuses on all of the skills and tools they're already bringing with them um, to get here. So yeah, so I think that even goes into when we work on um, just goal setting and working towards mentees goals, um, focusing on the strengths that they have as we go throughout that process. So walk me through what it's like for an incoming student then who starts mm -hmm. a GV, it learns about this program and wants to get involved. What, how does it work? What do they do? Who do they reach out to? Those details. Hey. So we've been doing a lot of marketing. We've worked with marketing. We now have a website and a Facebook page and an Instagram page. And I tried to get my students. great, by the way. Nice uh, job. Yeah, they did a very nice job. I'll, I'll I tried include get, it along with the episode so people can easily find it. But it's, it's great. Well, I tried to get my students to do TikTok, Ryan, as you know, but they didn't seem to be particularly 
Um, but um, so we've been, we do a few things. So every first year student of color actually gets, a, a, gets an email from us with a flyer and information about our program. Um, we also reach out to faculty, especially faculty who um, teach first-year students. Uh, for example, the um, first-year seminars. In fact, Maya is going into one of the first-year seminars next uh, next week. Um, and so those, uh, those smaller seminars where um, faculty and students often have you know, stronger relationships because it's only a 25 to one as opposed to say some of the larger um, survey courses. And we also um, do some advertising through Mesa. Uh, one thing we did in the last fall was uh, during the freshman orientation, they had an, op the students had an opportunity to sort of a, a time where they can do a number of different, uh, go to a number of different offices and things like that. And one of those was Mesa. And so students can come into Mesa and we also were there. Um, three of the mentors were there. And so they can interact with students and talk to them what the program um, offered. Just so for our listeners who don't know what Mesa is, it's our multi-ethnic student association. So right. uh, yeah. they have a very nice space where mm -hmm. uh, students can go and hang out and study and uh, I don't know, socialize and things like that. So it's a great partnership, of course, mm -hmm. like to uh, in, to engage students from multiple perspectives and, and ways and get them involved in this ways. They, they also are involved in a lot of great programming across campus too. So bringing in speakers and to mm -hmm. panel discussions and showing movies, they work with other student orgs and, and so on. So I know this month uh, they're doing, uh, they're working with the Black Student Union to do a lot of, uh, a lot of great events. So. Right. Um, and then at the end of the semester, they do the um, celebration of success for students right. who are graduating, which is a, a really nice event. Yeah. Right. So, okay, so I'm a student, I find out about it, and I want to be involved, I contact you, and then how does it work from there? So they contact us, um, and we actually, uh, well, so there's last semester and this semester. So last semester, um, they anyone who re reached out to us, we actually sent them a little survey that had information about the program, as well as a list of um, the different mentors. Um, and so they can um, choose their mentor. This semester, what we're doing is we're doing a, um, a, a social first. So students who may be interested uh, can actually, we're doing both a social in-person and online because this program does, we do outreach as well to Sheboygan, Manitowoc and uh, Marinette. And we actually have some mentees in Sheboygan. And so they, so there's an opportunity online or in-person to, you know, just meet us, talk a little bit more about the program and just kind of just talk in general about what's going on. And so then they can choose their mentor and then their mentor reaches out to them and they have their first meetings and it all blossoms from there. So what are your hopes for the program going forward? I know growth is a, probably a biggie, but what are some other things you're hoping to do? Retain students, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, um, you know, I think lots of us struggle for our first year. I know I certainly struggled my first year of college, <laughs> right? Lots of us do. It, it can be difficult for all of us. But for lots of students of color, you're, you may be coming into a new environment. It's a predominantly white institution. And 
Um, there are already maybe some assumptions that you're um, that you're having to deal with that are being put upon you, the microaggressions you may be experiencing on campus. And so think about the challenges any first year ha student has and, and then having some additional ones. And so we are hoping that we can make people's college experience a positive one in a nutshell. So they stay here and they recognize their contribution to our university. How about you, Maya? Do you have that kind of goals thinking forward as far as the future of the program and what you'd like to see? Um, really, uh, along with what Chris said as well, um, I would like to see uh, students of color feeling supported and um, greater numbers of students of color enrolling and successfully graduating over time. And um, especially just being able to have this program that really embraces the excellence of students of color. That's one of my favorite parts about uh, all of the things that you put out on social media and on the website uh, is that it gives the university, the larger university and the UW system, um, positive strength-based mm -hmm. excellence uh, to, to report on. And there's so much great stuff going on and it's so fun to share that and to be able to share it in a way that seems supportive because it's coming from the mentors and the mentees themselves. You know, one of the, the, we often think about, okay, this program will benefit the student, but it benefits all of us. It benefits the university because we are retaining talented individuals who are going to give so much to us as a university. The university is, you know, a holistic experience and the students aren't just these sort of products or <laughs> that we produce and then launch off. I mean, we do launch them, which is I think a good thing, but what they bring to the university uh, makes us better. And that's what we want to do is make sure that we have, you know, that students who are coming to us, that we can tap all of their potential for not only for their benefit, but honestly, for all of our benefits. When I would argue the, the broader community's benefits as well. Right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Putting talented, um, successful students into the community who, who mm -hmm. innovates and do all the wonderful things we want our alum to do. So that exactly. Like become future lawyers like Maya. <laughs> exactly. <Really> fantastic. <laughs> right, well, exactly. As, as we wrap up here, what are we missing? What are some other things we should know? Or our listeners should know, I should say. Um, we eat a lot of pizza. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we have a karaoke mic, which is very important. <laughs> Actually, you know, that's really important. I'm glad you said that because... um. So I'm going to reveal way too much about myself right now. And that is that I have been watching the remake of the show Saved by the Bell, right? Or the, oh, no. not the remake, the, the new version on Peacock, right? Um, which is, I will argue, quite honestly, is fabulous. Um, it, it really is a good show. I, I will stand by that. Um, and uh, my kids are actually obsessed with it. But just recently, they had an episode about, uh, well, not just recently, just one that I saw. Um, they had an episode about a woman who um, was enduring a lot of microaggressions at, at school. I'm trying not to spoil things too much for people um, and went to a student org uh, for support and was prepared to sort of use that as an opportunity to like 
fight the system and make change. And when she got there, she found out that it was actually that day more of a social opportunity, right? And it was, I think they were either having a rap battle or like karaoke night or something like that. And one of the points that they were trying to make is sometimes we just have fun, right? <laughs> sometimes this experience is not about uh, anything other than a safe space to mm -hmm. enjoy time together. And, and, you know, and, and that that was valuable and that was a really important thing to have. And so I'm glad you mentioned the pizza <laughs> and the karaoke night. I think that's mm -hmm. important stuff to, to highlight. And it gave me the opportunity to talk about Saved by the Cup. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we call a win-win. Yes, uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But, but that's absolutely true um, that, you know, yes, we're all dealing with sort of intense stuff. And I think we all know mental health issues and just stressors that, first year students deal with in general, but I think have been intensified. And so part of that is that self-care that includes having fun. And uh, so those are really important parts of being in community. How about you, Maya? Do you have any sort of final thoughts you want to leave our listeners with? Um, yeah, the only other thing I would add is that um, although we are a program to support students of color um, by students of color, our events and everything we do are really applicable for any first year student trying to navigate through college. And so we are always welcome to supportive allies to come to all of our events. Yeah. Yeah. And we, so um, a lot of our programs are open to you know, whoever shows up really. So we advertise them to first year students, but no one gets turned away. Anyone can have a slice of pizza, um, right? Yeah, so I mean, we do some things, obviously the mentors and the mentees have their relationships, but we also do programming uh, as well for the sort of larger community as well. That is great. So if people want to know more, they it sounds like you are in all sorts of places at this point, including mm -hmm. Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. How do, they, how do people find you? Well, BIPOC Rise at uwgb.edu. Perfect. All right. So, G, any final thoughts, questions, anything like that? I was just wondering if there's a way that we can support the program. Is there um, something that the, the larger community can do to support you in your efforts? Like, Maybe buy pizza for a meeting. <laughs> we always take that. Well, we did just find out we have support uh, for next year. <laughs> and so, and you know, the psychology department has been very supportive um, with of me in, in doing this program. And I think is um, advertising is probably one of the best things in word of mouth. We have had some advertising uh, as far as or media. We were um, featured in the Green Bay um, Press-Gazette and we're on Channel 26 News and in Wisconsin Public Radio. And so spreading the word is really important. And so, and supporting students uh, is, is the best thing you can do because remember our students are going to then launch after the first year and then you all are going to be the recipients and the beneficiaries of these great students. So treat them well, <laughs> and I know you will. <laughs> and, and we will include links to as much of that stuff as possible in the show notes so that people can check out some of the press you've been getting, but also find you on social media. Unless there's anything else we can finish up. G, where can people find you on social media? 
You can find me on all the social media platforms except for TikTok because I refuse to get addicted to something. It's impossible. You're doomed. So it's going to happen, G. I'm, I'm at Georgina WD. So G E O R J E A N N A W D. If you're not on TikTok, you're going to miss out on all the Phoenix Fridays that are coming up. So we, I know. my kids I know. and I I'm, made another I'm one I'm on last. TikTok. I just ah. have to not go on it because okay. like one second turns into like one hour turns into yeah. 10 hours and then I don't do my job and then <laughs> I get fired. <laughs> Somehow I managed to create at least part of my job being on TikTok. So that, that works great nicely. Um, Chris, do you have any social media handles you want people to know about or my, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm only on really on Facebook. Um, I have an Instagram account, but I don't use it very much. So I I know I'm old fashioned. I'm just doing the Facebook. (laughs) All right. Well, you can follow psych and stuff uh, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can follow me anger professor in all of the places, including uh, TikTok. Um, and every Friday you'll get to see me and my kids do a little Phoenix Friday. So, uh, hang on for that. That's relaunched in 2022. We, um, we, we had to stop for a while. Honestly, part of the reason we stopped is because I was a little scared to have my kids kind of too out there on TikTok, but they, they were on board and people seem to like it. So we're, we're getting back to it. It's awesome. Good. Psychology and Stuff is a production of Phoenix Studios at the University of Wisconsin-Green Bay. The executive producer is Ryan Martin, and the production manager is Kate Farley. Our audio production coordinator is Bill Salick, and our graphic designer is Kimberly Vlees. Special thanks to our guests, Maya and Chris. If you haven't already, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. You can also head over to our website, uwgb.edu slash podcast to check out past episodes of this and all our shows. I'm your host, Ryan Martin, and I'm here with my co-host, Georgina Wilson-Dungeness. Keep being amazing. Mm-hmm.